This is the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, breaking down District 5 and 6 activities week in, week out in the state of Idaho. Brandon Bainey joined by our East Idaho expert, Sean Kane. Sean, what's going on? Hey, man, you know, just enjoying this great spring weather and, uh, you know, basketball week weekend last weekend you know a you know four or five different regions went in with costco size shopping carts and only two of those regions filled up those carts so <laughs> uh you know what i'm saying uh northern idaho and east idaho they're they you know they they dropped a they dropped some money there at costco yeah filled up, filled up those carts with some hardware um i think fans that talk about the state of ada loved it because three teams from north idaho won championships Three teams from East Idaho won championships, and District Three got a big fat nada. <laughs> so, uh, yes, uh, so much to talk about. Um, you mentioned uh, enjoying the spring, um, kind of tongue in cheek, uh, yes, because there is at least, at least where I live, like a foot of sto- snow still on the ground in East Idaho, and basically any <laughs> spring activities that were slated to begin this week have been wiped out. Right. Yeah, yeah. Our first tennis match was supposed to be today, so guess what? It didn't happen. Yeah, um, weird. Huh? Uh, the, <laughs> some of the players are like, "Is our is our match canceled?" And I'm just like, you "Guys, aren't in AP classes, are you?" But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's been rough, you know. Like out at at Century, there's like spots that have three foot of snow on it still, so. Um, I've been lucky to get some time in over at ISU at Reed Gym. That's where I was bright and early this morning, um, getting some in. But you know, it's rough for everyone. You know, baseball, softball. You know, four A. I can tell you, four A and five A golf people don't have any complaints right now. Yeah, um, they got there's none in the fall, right? Because you know you have those pictures that pop up on Facebook. If you're old like me, you didn't have Facebook that show pictures of like March. You know. And it was last March, at like March 5th, it was sunny, nice, people were golfing. And uh, now, you know, it's March 9th and uh, man, it's, it's, it's brutal. So, but the golf, the golfer, you know, some of the golf coaches and golf people are like, they're so happy they have their season in. And, um, but I know the smaller schools, that's their golf season now too. So I, I don't even know. So it's nice for us because it's one less um, activity to be finding a gym, a weight room, a wrestling room, a hallway, because, you know, right now the school's full with trying to get all kinds of anything we can kind of work out or whatever in. Yeah. So so along those lines, in terms of programming, uh, usually what we like to do is, uh, as we transition from one sports season to another, we usually take a week off, kind of decompress uh, for a minute. Um, and I think it's appropriate. We'll do the show this week talking about mostly winter sports. And then there's just not going to be anything going on with the weather the way it is. There's not going to be anything to really talk about. So I feel like next week is a good week to take a week off. Yeah. We can come back in two weeks and hit the ground running with some spring sports coverage. Yeah, That's there would. Great. I mean, we could just I could just come on and do jokes next week, but I, I don't think we'll have <laughs> any results, uh, scores or anything. But. Yeah, but all the, all the teams are out there working hard and, um, you know, trying to get time in. Highland Tennis came in after us, and we're just, you know, you know, sometimes coaches don't get along, but, like, you know, we see each other, and it's, and it's just like, oh, man, 
<laughs> you know, it's just brutal, but yeah. uh, brutal for everyone. But, you know, we'll get there. We'll figure something out. Uh, I, you know, I've always got something up my sleeve. Yeah, you uh, you if you come on and do stand up next week, it's going to be tough only because this week uh, I watched the Chris Rock uh, stand up oh, okay. special on Netflix and it was pretty good. And so the bar has been set pretty high. I don't know if you're, yeah, I'm you know, I'm always willing <laughs> to take a shot, but no, those guys are great. I'm more of a Dave Chappelle guy, so gotcha. Okay, <laughs> well, um, with that said, let's let's take a look back at what happened in boys basketball last week. It was state tournament time. Uh, the biggest story to me was at the 4A level where you had uh Hillcrest and Pocatello again for the championship. Um, you also had Blackfoot in there competing in the final four. So East Idaho at the 4A level did exceptionally well. And um, Pocatello, you know, so I, I, I had the fortune to call the Pocatello Blackfoot semifinal game at the yeah. Idaho Center. And what an epic game that was. Goes to overtime and Julian Bowie with a hand in his face just drills a 30-foot three from the right wing. Yeah, I mean, I saw tons, tons of clips of it and watched and listened and Man, just overall, all the games are super good. I, you know, I was a little jealous. You guys, you know, said I did such a bad job. I couldn't come. So, um, but no, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm. It was it was awesome to get a you know listen in idosports.com and listen to all the games because it was there was not very many bad games. You know what I mean? Like I can't remember a tournament where like almost every game is is a pretty good game. So yeah, it was great. Every single tournament was uh, outstanding in terms of game. Maybe the best champion Saturday I've ever watched and yeah. you know tuned into. Maybe maybe the one of the best. I don't. There wasn't a bad game. It could have sat there all day. I think I saw you sitting there all day. But <laughs> you know what? I had to go. I had to go do some consolation games Saturday, so I didn't get there until like the tail end of the 3a championship okay. so um i i missed out on some epic championship games certainly oh, yeah. yeah um unfortunately uh but in the 4a then you had hillcrest and pocatello meet up in the championship second year in a row and in the first half pocatello came out swinging i mean thunder uh you know were up big at the end of the first quarter hillcrest kind of answered in the second it was a close game at halftime it it was basically a very tight game all the way throughout until the finishing stages of the fourth quarter when hillcrest finally pulled away but the knights are back to back 4a state champions and like head coach dave austin always says it's a great day to be a knight <laughs> so yeah he turned you know he said that to the student section right and he's like i got one more thing it's a great day to be a you know and they had a great student section they followed them all over the state this year yes but you know I, the turning point of that game i kind of thought was ike sutton hitting that half court shot right at the half at, at the end of half yeah he yeah. hits a three-pointer the momentum i feels like swung but pocatello came out and still was up pretty much most of the third quarter and you know, then you got it got to be Davis time and um, some of the other guys chipped in. But, you know, maybe, you know, Julian Bowie had quite the performance, 39 points in that game. Um, it's just, you know, if there would have been one other Thunder player that kind of stepped up, I, I, they might pull away with that. But Hillcrest was not going to be denied just like that slam dunk at the end by Davis, which yeah, is well, a hot topic of conversation. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about it, because. Isaac Davis uh, got teed up for for dunking. But, but what you got to remember, though, is 
right before that, Jul- uh, uh, Bowie misses two three throws. Yes. So if he makes those three th- throws and then what you're going to talk about happens, just, I mean, it's a whole different game. But I, you, if you go back and watch that and go, oh, man, if he makes those three throws. oh, Yes, because uh, J- Bowie missed free throws. Uh, the dunk by Davis then gives Hillcrest a five point lead, I believe. And that and that was kind of the finishing touches, right? Pocatello just didn't have enough time to 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 come back from that. But it basically Pocatello had to extend the defense to try and force the turnover. That led to an, a wide open look for Davis. Two handed slam comes down, yells to the student section, come on, let's yeah. go. And uh anyways, gets assessed a technical foul. And Pocatello ultimately, you know, isn't able to do uh complete the comeback. So no harm, no foul, except that you're right. It could have been a totally different scenario. If Bowie had made those free throws, you're talking about a one possession game, possibly uh, Pocatello with the ball. And, and here's where I'm at with it. Isaac Davis got teed up in the first game at state for Hillcrest as well. well twice in that game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and then, and then twice in the championship, right? Double tech. Um, and, <laughs> I don't think there he did anything outrageous. To, no, uh, to be honest. No, and I was at a, a Pocatello Century game, and a Pocatello player went up and dunked. Guy, uh, or he missed the dunk actually. Immediately calls a technical, and everyone is like, "What?" And then a uh, quarter later, uh, a Century player goes up, rebound uh, off the rebound dunk, and yeah, obviously he kind of hangs on the rim because when you're jumping through the air. And grabbing the rim, you got to catch your balance, right? And they call him a T, a T, and everyone is just like, it, it was just like, I don't know that that rule is, I don't know if that was like an instruction that we got to call technicals, but there, I saw way worse hanging on the rim during the Here season happens. than. Oh, you, yeah, you fizzed out fro- on me a second. I, I fr- sorry, I froze up there for a second. Go ahead, continue your thought, Sean. Oh, no, I just, I don't know if like, just the couple games I saw that I just, I thought they were, you know, I'm not going to bag on refs. I, I'm, I'm very thankful for the refs and all that we have them and stuff, but I, I just, they, there's gotta be some sort of better discretion in those calls because I mean, if you've never dunked before, I mean, how do you know? I, I don't know. I, I never saw one where someone was like super hanging, um, I, you know, and Davis is a big boy, man. He's, Gonna when he goes up to dunk that the rim's gonna move, but he can't just let go, or you're gonna fall and have a concussion. And yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of it's just interesting. I I think what happened is Davis got a tech in the first game, and and I wasn't there for that game, so I can't speak to whether he earned it or not. I'm gonna say he probably didn't. Like it, it probably wasn't anything super outrageous. Um, and then. I think then for the rest of the tournament, the tone had been set because referees will talk to each other. And yeah. like, man, we had to tee, we had to tee up the Davis kid. And then I think subconsciously officials are thinking in their minds, okay, this is a guy who is, has been teed up before. And then the double tech was ridiculous. I don't think, I don't think Davis should have earned any of those technical fouls because think about, think about how long of a leash coaches get. In terms of like if, when a coach gets a T, oh, yeah, he real he or she has really earned it. <laughs> like you, you get a lot of runway before they tee you up. Why shouldn't it be the same for the players? I I hundred percent agree. I yeah, I you know, all the games I watched this year, there's a few times I can't believe coaches didn't get teed up. And you know, not any you know, I would say the refs did a good job. They let the game be the game and and handle that 
a, a situation appropriately. And I, I think the same thing could be said. The kid goes up for the dunk the first time. You go, hey, this is what we're looking for. This is your warning. And then you move on for that. But I don't know. Duncan is, you're not seeing a ton of them in high school. And if the kid can get up and do it, man, it's it's so much fun. So I I, I just, it's it's a tough one for me. And, uh, and I, you know, and they say it's because they're hanging on the rim. But when you dunk, you can't just fall down can't just release the rim you know has um you know those springs in them it bounces so you would just really eat it if you let go and that wouldn't be safe for anyone and top priority should be safety so yeah i just i didn't agree with any of it i mean ultimately it won't matter too much hillcrest got the win but i think that's kind of what happened and now unfortunately that reputation is sticking with isaac davis when none of that should really apply but um let's talk about uh, on the other side, Julian Bowie for what a wild day on Saturday, where in the, in the third place game, oh, yeah. you know, Blackfoot is playing Skyview Broncos get a huge win. Uh, they take third place and Javante King sets new records at the four, a state tournament for most points in a tournament with 85 most field goals in a tournament with 33 and then the highest point per game average, which ended up being like 28 something. Right. And so Javante King is taking pictures with everybody after the game and they're celebrating this accomplishment and what a cool deal. And literally the ink hadn't even dried on the record books. And like four hours later in the 4A championship, Julian Bowie comes through and breaks two of those records that Javante <laughs> King had set earlier in the day. Uh, Bowie finishes the tournament with 89 total points. That's the new record. Highest point per game average as well, 29 something. 29.7 or something. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but, but King still has the record for most field goals. Okay. So both Javante King and Julian Bowie will be in the record book next year. Um, but I, I've never seen that where the scoring record gets broken twice in one day. And it's kind of interesting that his total was 89. I believe that was the same as uh, a lot of from Minico. Yeah. Her point total was 89 as well in the, in the 4A girls. So, yeah, I, usually maybe there's like one thing that could happen, right? But it was like back to back just hours later. So pretty cool. A lot of scoring going on for a lot of uh, star power. You'd say that, you know, the 4A boys had a lot of stars kind of shining bright there up in Boise. Yes, for sure. Um, if we look at uh, the other teams from East Idaho that that won championships, Sugar Salem at the 3A level, Bear Lake at the 2A level, it's kind of the opposite. You know, there's not really one star on either of those teams that you can point to and go, yep, that's the guy. It's a true team effort. And so to me, the more impressive win was Bear Lake because yeah. coming in, you know, everybody, Melba, Melba, Melba. And, and I'll be, I'll admit, I was guilty of this as well. And I think this year has really taught me that going into state, a team can be undefeated, can be the number one seed, can have all this acclaim. <laughs> and yet, because Idaho is so separated geography-wise, who who's to say that Bear Lake's three-loss record in East Idaho wasn't as good as Melba's undefeated record playing in the Treasure Valley, right? Who Who's to say that? Bear Lake wasn't truly the best team coming in. And that's why state is so fun because Bear Lake came in and really, you know, beat Melba, not convincingly, but I mean, they won by, you know, eight or nine points. And so I think I've learned and everybody else should learn too. That just, <laughs> don't just assume, don't just rubber stamp that. Oh yeah. This team undefeated. No, you know, number one seed. Um, 
the regions can be different. A, a, a 500 team in East Idaho, maybe East Idaho was really good this year and their overall record reflects how tough the league was. Um, I think a good, another good point of that would be at the five, a level where Madison played Lake city in the semifinals and gave Lake city all they could handle. And coming in, Madison was an afterthought. Nah, yeah. East Idaho, whatever Lake city's his dominant team. And so anyways, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Bear Lake. I, you know, I'd been on big on Bear Lake all year. Um, I thought they had, you know, just the right chemistry and you kind of see, saw this in some of the other championships, right? You saw the football team basically comes to play basketball, the same group of guys. And sometimes they start off a little slow, but once the season got going, Bear Lake, um, they were battle tested. I think that's, you. sometimes if you, you know, undefeated doesn't mean you're battle tested. Bear Lake was battle tested. They played some good teams. They had some losses. They got it together when it was right. And, uh, you know, well-coached team by Bear Lake. And they, you know, they were just, I, you know, I picked them. Everyone thought I was crazy, but I, I thought they had a shot at Melba. And, and really, they pretty much controlled that game. So um, I thought it would be more or less Bear Lake would find kind of a way to win, but they were, they're pretty much, you know, kind of, you know, dominated that game throughout. So congratulations to the Bear Lake Bears uh, for winning uh, the state title once again. And then, you know, similarly, in the 3A championship, Sugar Salem playing Bonner's Ferry, the one seed. I mean, this came down to basically uh, in the fourth, Bonner's Ferry had to foul a bunch to try and climb back in. Sugar was just too good from the free throw line. And despite Bonner's Ferry giving it their best effort, the Diggers with strong defense and just solid overall team play, you know, Christian Gordon, Coy Sanderson, uh, you could go on and on listing all of the guys for Sugar Salem. And they all took turns leading the team at different times throughout this championship mode. But, you know, I saw a funny post on uh, social media. Basically, they had the banner ceremony where they hung the, the boys' basketball championship banner. And by the way, Sugar won the cheerleading title as well. Congrats to the Sugar cheerleaders. But somebody joked like, hey, we're going to have to get a bigger gym with all these, <laughs> all these banners we keep hanging up in here. And it's just like, Man, what an accomplishment for Sugar Salem and how exciting it is that they are so good at everything. And at the same time, is it bad that I'm kind of annoyed that, like, you know, can't they ever let somebody else win something? <laughs> they, I mean, you could be annoyed, but I could tell you Teton is probably the most annoyed, right? Same yeah, conference. Yeah. They're a great team. You know, Teton goes somewhere else in that bracket. They could be there, too. You know what I mean? So Teton's definitely annoyed. But yeah, everyone loves the heel, right? <laughs> you know, and right now in 3A sports, Snake River's that heel, you know, and uh, it's, it's, uh, and I, you know, and I know just being at the top is hard. So congrats to all their coaches and people, um, you know, you can go and win, but maintaining it and, and doing it over and over again is something um, that takes commitment, time, community support. And, you know, I don't know, Snake River is a really nice community. They support those athletes. Um, you know, and then, like you said, Madison, you know, that there's some of those same kids are in that area too. So between Madison and sugar Salem, they've got just, I don't know. I don't know what they got steroids in the milk or what, but <laughs> they're got yeah. good athletes. I think, um, you know, people ask me all the time, you know, why is sugar so good and everything? What makes them so good? I think it's two things. I think one is, uh, their strength training. Those athletes, yeah. those athletes hit the weight room and they, and they lift all um, of them. All, all sports. Yep. They, they got a new facility and all that. And they have a guy who I, you know, I, I can't remember his name, but I think he was a, 
professional college. Yeah, yeah college strength he's like just diamond in the rough up in sugar salem right yeah. and he's got him on a program that's working and that helps and you know and obviously lifting's great but the thing is that what you get from those workouts is like that like sense of team joking around right um and that takes stress away when you're in those high press moments and you it's your buddy and your teammate and you know if i do this he's gonna be there because we've done it a thousand times that takes the stress away all those reps um together really bring you together <laughs> yes uh dan benyon is the guy yeah. you're thinking of the strength coach and so that's number one number two is they all play multiple sports i mean there's a couple of exceptions but for the most part the kids that are playing football play basketball run track play baseball whatever girls volleyball cross country they play basketball they wrestle and so it is a true there's no specialization it's all no. hey we're all going to contribute to the team again. And again, the team is above anything else individually because they get it. I see so often where athletes, parents think, Oh, I've got to be at, I've got to be at this school where I can be the star and I can get my shots and get my numbers. And that's how I'll get noticed by yeah. coaches. And it's like, it's, it's the opposite. If your team is winning a lot and getting a lot of attention that way, you're going to get noticed. Absolutely. And all of the teammates at Sugar Salem lift each other up and they all get their opportunities in terms of, you know, looks at the next level and stuff. So it really is team over I at Sugar as well. And those are, to me, from an outsider's perspective, those are the big things Sugar Salem has going for it. Yeah, I, I would agree. And, you know, like work ethic, you know, I've never went to a Sugar Salem sporting event and see someone like, you know, something bad happens and like put their head down. Right. Um, there's a lot of great coaches that talk about that when they go and watch, they want to see you on the night. You're not even playing. What are you doing on the bench? You know, and their, their, their teams are always cheering each other on. They don't have their head down. Um, you know, maybe it's a blowout for the sugar Salem football team, but they're still like into it. Like it's close. And those are what things coaches look for. And, uh, like at the next level, and that's something they've, uh, grinded into their culture. That's, I think what's really paid off as well. Yeah. So congratulations to sugar Salem, uh, more championship banners to hang up in the Raptors. Um, darn so it. That, I know, right. <laughs> darn it. Um, we, we had other teams from East Idaho go over and compete pretty well. Uh, Madison, uh, finished fourth. Uh, just ran out of steam at the end there um, at the 5A tournament. Um, but I was very impressed with Nash Humphreys, sophomore point guard. Um, he's he's not afraid to let it fly. And, you know, he took a couple of like 35-foot shots, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's no way that and it, would, it would go in. So it was just like awesome to see him uh, shoot and, and compete really well. Um, we talked about 4A and 3A, Teton. You know, Highland made it to the tournament in the first time since 2006. So I thought that was – I mean, we haven't been able to talk, but that was pretty, pretty great moment for, um, for Highland. It, you know, that's a long time to not be there, a pretty predominant program in sports and to make it there. Unfortunately, they ran into the juggernaut of Lake city and just didn't have a great game, but yeah. you know, that's a step in the right direction, right? You get there now, these kids know. So Highland, you know, I, I, I wanted to give them a little credit there too. Yes, High, Highland competed very well, despite what the the score would would tell you. Um, the problem with Highland, and I was talking to Coach Stuckey about this before the tournament. He said, "You know, we just have to stick true to what we are. We 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 can't abandon our identity at this point, and we're a team that works from the inside out." And the only problem with that is, is that you know, Blake Buchanan at six eleven is inside for Lake City, which makes it tough. 
Um, but yes, you're right. Highland getting back to state for the first time since 2016. Incredible accomplishment uh, for the Rams. Super exciting. Um, we had at the 4A level, the, the three teams uh, get there and do well. Uh, 3A, Teton, Sugar, um, both went. And, and Snake River also played pretty well at state. Uh, you know, 2A, you had uh, Ryrie there, Westside. You know, they both competed well. And then at the 1As, uh, Grace played in the semifinals against Lakeside, the eventual, so close. The eventual champions. Um now it'll be a fun exercise and grace fans will hate like like grace fans didn't hate me enough already um <laughs> you know if grace gets to that championship against lapway i think lapway probably wins the championship i just don't think grace was the kind of team that was built to outshoot lapway like like lakeside did in that championship yeah. game but which that game was maybe one of the best games in history man that was a yeah. nutso game but yeah, Grace Grace played really well. I mean, they're so close to beating Lakeside was at two points. Um, then they beat Castleford for third place, and yeah, they I I you know I was big on Grace too. I thought they they could maybe pull it out and get there. But like you talked about just a little bit ago, just because you're undefeated doesn't mean you win. You know, everyone's like it's Lapway's going to win this. This is the, why no one wants to watch this bracket. But it ended up being the most exciting um, um, championship game for sure in the in the one A. Yeah, and I saw some ridiculous comments on on social media from some Castle Ford fans. You know, one guy got on and he was like, "I wasn't too impressed with Grace, uh, even though they beat us in the third place game. You know, we were spent from, you know, holding Lapway to their season low in points, and that's why we couldn't." And like a couple of Grace fans hopped in, and I kind of agreed with them, and they're like, "Um, yeah, we also gave our best effort against Lakeside, the eventual champion, and we <laughs> still found a way to win the third." Like. Yeah. I don't that's know. that's grassman at straws and 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 you know as well as i do is it's those you know third place and constellation games are all about whether the the players are you know willing to kind of erase what's happened and 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 keep playing and, and competing so i you know usually i think the team that wins third place is the is the team that's like yeah whatever we didn't get it we're not gonna make excuses but we're still gonna go out and play and um same kind of with that constellation as well yeah, it was uh, really something uh, to, to behold there for Grace. And then at the 1A-D2, this was a game I was actually on the call for, Sean. The, the 1A-D2 third-place game. It was Rockland and Water Springs. <laughs> yeah. Old friends meeting up at Caldwell High School. Um, you know, Water Springs hung tough for really three quarters and hit some incredible outside baskets. But overall, Rockland's uh, length and athleticism inside proved to be too much. But uh, finally getting to watch water Springs with my own eyes this year. They were a fun team to watch. Uh, Evan Bindenagel did a great job in his first year as head coach there. And of course, congrats to Rockland as well for taking the third place trophy. So on the brackets, they took both of them. They took the consolation and the, <laughs> and third place. <laughs> oh no. On our brackets. And I know sports.com. Oh man. Rockford had to have two hands or uh, yeah. Rockland had to have two trophies, I guess. Oh my gosh, that's funny. That's uh that's a that's a I'm gonna throw the boss under the bus here. That's a Paul that's a Paul Kingsbury. But I tell you what, the the Rockland Kendrick semifinal, that was another that was a really good game, man. I I was impressed with that. And and uh and Kendrick's so young, man. That's that's, that doesn't look great for the rest of those guys, but man, uh nice shot by Kendrick. But Rockland, you know, they were they were they were right there. I would have loved to see Rockland Richfield uh, you know, round two, but you know, congrats to those teams. 
Yeah, and and that league will look a little different next year. Rockland loses. I mean, Rockland brings back Teague Matthews, but they lose Brigham Perman and uh, Gavin Perman and Brandon Neal. And, and, and at the same time, Water Springs kind of loses their main, you know, Drew Plocker and Daniel Canfield. And so both of these teams are going to look a little different next year. Now, I still think because of the overall programs and both of them had younger guys that came in off the bench, mm-hmm. you, you probably still give the nod to them. And especially because Grace Lutheran, kind of the, the third team in the mix, they got they're going to they, lose a lot. Yeah, they lost a lot to graduation, and so I don't know. This league um, might be a little more open next year. Even a team like you know North Gem that you know is small in numbers but brings back a lot of their guys. Like I don't know. This yeah. league will be interesting to watch next year for sure. I agree. Yeah. So that is a wrap on the winter sports season and high school boys basketball and now as we get ready for spring sean as we said we'll kind of take a week off and hopefully some of this snow starts to melt and we can actually have some stuff to talk about but yeah um we are going to be rolling out our our spring sports previews here towards the end of the month on idahosports.com baseball softball uh marlo herford is writing a great track and field preview for us and sean i i didn't ask you this off camera so i'll ask you on on you know you wrote a great tennis preview for us last year are you down to do that again yeah yeah i'll, I'll do that it's it, i mean I'm, I'm sure everyone would love to talk to me now that they can't play but <laughs> <laughs> they got extra time to share a little more but yeah you know it'll be tennis is wild i mean tennis is a sport people don't think about it as much as, as how the it can be drastically a lot of changeover i mean like boys doubles for 4a all those guys don't come back so that's wide open and um 5a will be interesting you know boise is going to be tough again some of those girls come back you know 5a boys is really kind of it, it'll be interesting to see um and then just you know to give you a little little preview there's a there's a freshman from highland high school um who could who could walk away with a state championship? So uh, keep a keep a little reminder on that that I said it here, but mm. um, but uh, yeah, he's he's a freshman. I don't you know I don't know if he's made the team or not or anything. We haven't you know I don't I don't want to speculate. Right. I don't want to put throw anything out, but he'll be real he'll be really good, and uh, it'll be interesting to see if what happens to him at state. But I mean, for us in East Idaho, it's always hard because Boise. Because when we were up there for girls, people were playing tennis at Timberline High School. Remember yeah. that. Yes. And I was not happy about it. So they, <laughs> so if we can go up and compete when they have a, a lot more time than us, I'm always, I'm always happy with that, but we'll find a way we've got a, you know, just some phenomenal coaches as far as spring sports in East Idaho from baseball to softball. Um, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty excited. I'm pretty excited to kind of see baseball get under, underway too. Um, it should be fun. Yes, baseball, softball, track, tennis, all those good spring and golf for our the three smallers, yeah. Yep, uh, as well. So, all right. Well, that'll do it for the winter sports season here. We'll we'll be off next week. We'll see you back here in two weeks for another edition of the East Idaho PrepCast. For Sean Kane, I'm Brandon Bainey. Thanks for tuning in on idahosports.com. <laughs>